Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com. Speaking with uh, Print Roberts from the website BumperMusic.blogspot.com. Um, you do bumper music. Oh, okay. Robert. Okay. Sorry. I, uh, I, it's real early here. <laughs> um, how did you get into, um, doing bumper music for podcasts and why did you think this was a need that needed to be filled on the, uh, information superhighway? Well, it's just a matter of, uh, I've been making, uh, short pieces, uh, 15, 20, 30 seconds, uh, for quite a while. Yeah. By myself, and I said, hey, this is, uh, I, I love the bumper music they have all the time on CR. I think that, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could actually create our own for that? And along came podcasting and made it possible for us to do exactly that. Yeah. I'll tell you, podcasting's a, a heck of a phenomenon. Um, what do you think of the, the whole, anybody can do a, a radio broadcast, you don't have to, don't have to have an education, don't have to have a license, don't have to have all that. Well, I think it's great that we don't have to have a license, but uh, yeah. clearly the, the market sorts out those that are valuable. I must have maybe uh, two or three dozen listeners at the top, and uh, there are other podcasters who have thousands and thousands of listeners, so the market chooses who, uh, who's going to win on this one. Yeah. Mine's just one little, uh, one little um, uh, bump along the road. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by it because it gives me a chance to get more exposure to the kind of microtonal music I do, which is uh, it's music where there's more than 12 tones to the octave. Wow. It was created by, uh, uh, actually explored way back in the 1600s by a number of different composers. But by the time Bach came along, people decided that, hey, you know, we really only need 12 notes and all the other ones. But in fact, if you uh, if you go back to the historical record, people were writing music other than twelve tone uh, quite extensively back in the 1700s, 1700s. And it was only the, the requirement that we uh, compromise on twelve notes in order to fit the requirements of a traditional keyboard that people kind of abandoned microtonality. It was uh, revived back in the early 20th century by people like Charles Ives, Harry Parch, yeah. any and a number of others who. Uh, Created music for uh, Harry Parchment's case for 43 tones for the octave. Charles Ives' case, he had uh, music for two pianos tuned a quarter tone apart. When I first heard that, it was uh, a real mind-blowing experience to hear uh, your music as it uh, as it never had been heard before. Well, I'll tell you, it's a uh, it's a it's a real interesting uh, tool that uh, you and some others use uh, called C sound that. Puts all that together. It's a very interesting, uh, very yeah, interesting device that uh, has has just uh, made doing the kind of music together just, uh, I guess, a godsend for lack of a better word. Um, what were you doing before you started doing bubble music for podcasts? Um, well, no, that, that's kind of a hobby. I've, I've got a number of other hobbies I have as well, but um, yeah. I, I went to uh, to music school. Got a, a master's degree in music from University of California, San Diego. We're, we're doing music with uh, computers and synthesizers back in the '70s, making uh, musical instruments that uh, had more than 12 tones to the octave back then. And there are a lot of people around the country that are doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Do you think that uh, eventually you could build 
us into a career, much like uh, some of the the voice people have done on the internet with uh, doing uh, imaging and things for radio stations, and now they're doing things for the podcasters and the internet people. Uh, well, at my current growth rate, uh, every year one more person works. Yeah. It's about uh, four or five thousand years before I get enough uh, of an audience and career of it. So right now it's yeah. a very fun hobby. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's a um, doing music and being involved in music is is something I think that's very important uh, to get off on kind of a, a different subject here, but sort of relating to to what your hobby and some of your uh, some of your background is. What do you think is the uh, the problem with some of the music programs and things disappearing from uh, public schools? Well, it's a tragedy, and uh, the school district that my kids go to. Mercer Island, Washington. Yeah. The people there have decided that that's a, a critical priority and they raise money in the school district uh, outside of uh, school in order to fund things like musical instruments for the school program and for paying salary of, of uh, teachers and things like that. If the school district thinks it's important, they can find a way to fund it. But uh, it, it's just a matter of there's not enough money to go around to all the different priorities we have in life. Yeah. Well, uh, so come to come into that topic, what got you interested in uh, music? Um, well, my uh, family was a very musical family, and uh, yeah. the musicians at the college I went to were uh, very friendly and wonderful people that uh, I love spending time with, and uh, just kind of just where I found I had a skill that was, was interesting, people like to listen to it. Yeah. So, um, you, you found, you, you, your history, you're a student of, of music. Um, did that start when you when you started uh, at a young age doing music, or? Um, yeah, I, I did uh, music in elementary school and high school. I sang in the church choir in uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boy choir, yeah. and then kept it up in high school and college. Played yeah. rock bands in college. Uh, just, uh, paid my way through school. Yeah. Yeah, but you, well, you mentioned earlier that you uh, you not only do music for podcasts, you have a uh, a podcast yourself. Uh, yeah. Give us some well, information on that. Well, uh, in, in the interest of publicizing my personal music, I uh, run a podcast called um, Podcast Ten Twenty Four, which is a microtonal music podcast. Actually, yeah. done it since uh, the birth of podcasting back in October of two thousand and four. Uh, on and off, where I um, collect the last seven pieces of microtonal music by other composers and get together a, uh, a script of descriptions of the music and how it was performed and how it was created and then uh, read the descriptions of the music and then play the music so that people can get more exposure to microtonal music. Yeah. Every year we have what we call a Make Microtonal Music Day where everyone uh, kind of gears up towards one particular day. Last year it was, I think, April 7th. We had concerts all across the world music in their local area or put out CDs and all 
This is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguars. So strip up those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com. Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com. That's my cold.
said that, well, if I wrote a book, I could have reached more women to send my message about geisha consciousness, which means women use their uh, uh, femininity, beauty, and class sexiness to attract men because a lot of women make a mistake to uh, taste after men. Uh, that's the uh, way to get the men, but that's wrong. They need to attract men. So I thought that might be the best way uh, to help uh, any single woman to writing this book, The Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, at least in uh, 2005, the Memoirs of a Geisha uh, a movie yes. came out. And then I got this idea why the geisha is the best archetype of uh, femininity that I was uh, looking for so many years. I didn't know what to uh, get some kind of example. I didn't want to use uh, Asian actress for uh, archetype for uh, uh, femininity. But at the time, I realized the geisha is the best example best example of uh, femininity, beauty, and sexiness. So a lot of people ask me, Geisha is uh, prostitute or not? Uh, as a lot of people uh, know already, Geisha is not a prostitute. Geisha is um, entertainer to um, male clients to take care of their men's ego. But I have to emphasize it at uh, uh, Japanese geisha and American geisha, they're different. American geisha use their uh, femininity to attract their own man in uh, real uh, romantic life. However, the Asian geisha, I use the Asian geisha for Japanese geisha and Korean kissing. I did some research and I found that they are uh, very similar to uh, about the archetype of a femininity. The Asian geisha use their femininity at their work their, with their clients. So I, I have to emphasize the difference between Asian geisha and American geisha. American geisha doesn't go out to use their femininity to sell themselves to, or, or uh, like a, I'm not asking women to do prostitute work. No. It's a totally different concept. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I read part of this book, and uh-huh. there seems to be a lot of, uh, I, guess, I wouldn't say pot shots, but things towards feminists. Mm-hmm. Um, you emphasize femininity in your book. Why will feminists be upset with you, and have they been upset with you, ones that have read the book? As I said, um, this, this using femininity is for women's personal romantic life. So we women need to be feminine at, uh, at home with a, uh, our, our, our man, husband, our lovers, and boyfriend, and fiancé. So we should be feminine. But we must be a feminist. Feminist, like working as a, another boy. So I'm yes. not against any feminist at all. So we must. I'm making geisha are both feminist at work and femininist. I use the, the word femininist. Femininist means a woman who uses their uh, femininity 
people attract and satisfy and keep their men. So it's, I'm not against any feminist at all. But the feminists are kind of need to realize that their femininity actually empowers the man. It's not like being feminine doesn't make yourself as a weak or submissive uh, woman at all. But people don't, a woman don't realize that they have so much power over the guys. And then their femininity actually brings all the power to men. That's men want to. Men are very visual, masculine and sexual. So that's what what men are. So a woman needs to be feminine, uh, classy, sexy, and It's not just 
Have you heard about the uh, yellow fever Asian uh, fetish? Asian persuasion. Pretty much. Uh, pretty much uh, the, the big thing right now seems to be uh, like people love Asian chicks. Yeah, good. and then uh, white chicks will hate us, Asian women, because they think, uh, oh, you're just submissive and then just a, uh, a doormat, and you just do whatever your man wants, so that's why you get all the uh, white men, and then people think that uh, uh, Asian women take uh, all the American men from the American women. So they kind of think that uh, American women are losing their American men to Asian women, and they start hating us. And then I kind of read some parts, but I don't think it's true. Um, uh, American men or white or uh, uh, black or Latino, it doesn't matter. They're looking for feminine women. They're they're hungry for feminine women. It doesn't matter. You are black or white and uh, Latino. So, I don't think uh, men just choose the Asian woman because of the look. I think that men choose uh, the feminine woman and good looking and feminine. That's what men want to. Mm-hmm. So uh, a American woman like a white or Latino black don't need to hate uh, Asian woman. I guess the Asian woman uh, knows some uh, you know, feminine ways to attract and satisfy the man. So if you do that, use your femininity, uh, then uh, you don't have any problem to go out or find a good man. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Are you married? Me? No, I'm not married. I'm single. Um, I haven't read your book. I'm sorry. I haven't got a copy of it. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to get get it to me before after he reads it, but I don't know that's gonna happen. So <laughs> okay. I might have to try, try to pick up a copy of it and read this book. I really uh-huh. am interested in it, and uh, but. James, are you a single too? No, unfortunately, I am married. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Both. Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe um, your woman will pick up this book and then uh, for the Valentine's Day, and then she will learn how to do it. Because I heard that if you read uh, a woman read this such secrets of an American geisha, all the men's fantasy will come true. It's not uh, what I said. It's, uh, somebody told me that. Well, my woman should read the book to. Uh, please me in and out of a uh, bedroom. It's, I'm not talking about just the inside of the bedroom. I'm talking about like, uh, have you heard about the uh, be a, a lady in the living room and whore in the bedroom? Yes, yes. Pretty, pretty much I, I, I took that concept in that book. So uh, that's what men want and then be elegant to a lady and then be a whore, like a noisy lover in the bathroom, that's what men want, and then drive him crazy. I mean, positive way, not the negative, uh, yeah. uh, nagging way, so. Well, you mentioned in the book, uh, make your good man feel like more of a good man. Uh-huh. How does someone accomplish this? It's like, again, a man are masculine, where women are looking for a masculine man, then a woman should be feminine, a feminine woman, too. So that's how you can be a, a, a 
good a good woman. Is that worthy of your question, by the way? I it, forgot. It was, hold on a sec. Uh, you make your good man feel like more of a man. Right. Your femininity will bring more uh, your uh, masculine to your man. So that's uh, how you can do it. And then respect. Respect it. And then uh, make a, a boost to your uh, man's ego. And then always uh, praise him or compliment his uh, manhood. Can I use a penis here? Or I can I use a penis? Or the word? <laughs> Damn. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. One thing that I find, um, just from the interview and from the book, uh-huh. how, you're a middle school teacher. How could you write <laughs> this uh, book? Oh, well, what's wrong with that? I, 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 find, I find it sort of strange, because you know most middle school teachers, you think of the old lady who is yeah, actually... Bush bushy hair. They don't know how to comb hair either. They don't know how to put their lipstick, and then I guess I'm different, and then I, I, that, you know, I always want to write a self help book to help a single woman, uh, uh, somewhere that I learned from my relationship with my husband, and then I failed so many things with the wrong man, and I wasted time. I wasted my precious uh, 20s and early 30s. Uh, so that's, uh, I really wanted to uh, write that kind of book. And then I don't ask me to write a math textbook or a biology textbook. That's not the, my uh, interest. My, my interest was uh, something I really want to help a, a, a single woman. And daytime, yes, I'm in the classroom teacher, but uh, it doesn't matter if the author is a middle school teacher or a sex therapist or porn star or a prostitute, it doesn't matter who the author is at the daytime to make the money. It doesn't matter because uh, because I wrote this book for uh, any woman, uh, whether she's a lawyer, she's uh, uh, what's it called, the Laura Bush, if uh, President Bush wants to have some tips from this book, it might be good for Laura Bush too. The president, uh, first lady, uh, for educators and teachers and uh, or janitors or housekeepers and wives. I wrote this for for any single and a married woman. It uh, no matter what they're making uh, uh, life or making uh, what is called the money. So it's it's weird, but. Uh, so I have to be very careful because I have to protect my kids somewhere because <clears throat> I don't want to screw my uh, daytime uh, profession uh, job. Yeah. So I don't really go out and then talk about my book in my area where I teach. So I actually go uh, go go to different uh, cities and different states uh, in the U.S. So oh, that's sure. cool. <laughs> hey, go ahead, Chris. You make me want to go back to junior high. <laughs> uh, you know what? But you know what? I try to yeah. really just another teacher. I, I'm wearing glasses, and I, I don't really put a lot of makeup. I don't so. show my uh, like breast and hang out. No, I don't do that. So if you see me as a, a teacher in the classroom, uh, you you will be shocked. Uh, I'm so different from 
uh, you, you see on, on my internet website. So yes. make sure that don't, uh, my kids don't have uh, whatever, you know. So my husband asked me, don't ask the boys to stand up because they already have a hole on it. So, <laughs> So, what, what are you talking about? Uh, did you have the same experience? And said, yeah, I had the same experience. I had a, a beautiful sexy teacher when I was in sixth grade, sixth grade, and then I, I, did, I couldn't get up. And then yeah. she called my name, and I couldn't get up. So don't ever, don't hear asking me to not to call and then send up the to boys at all, so because they just have a hard time to. I don't know. It's a truth to boys, I guess. I don't have a, that problem. Okay. <laughs> well, has any parent came up to you and said, hey, I read your book, or um, I saw your book, I don't like it? Has, has anybody approached you? And not at all. Not at all. You know, it, the book came out in November. I try not to, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to keep this job as a teacher because I have two passions. One yeah. is the teaching, and then the other one is uh, uh, writing. Uh, uh, writing. So I don't want to. If it happens, then it happens. But I don't want yeah. to just too worry about it. But yeah. no parents to come in and say, um, "I read your book, and how could you do that?" And then we should go and fire you, and give a report to the uh, uh, principal and then the district. And then yeah. I thought about it actually when I uh, started writing this book, but I couldn't hide anything. If I hide it, I pretend that I'm just a middle school teacher uh, to write this kind of book, then that's not really valuable. And yeah. it's not fair for a single woman to read this book and realize, oh, it's so dry and a lot of research and percentage. It's like uh, so dry, but I wrote this book in my bedroom. It's not a laboratory research yeah. and based on the research and uh, come up with a lot of numbers. No, I'm just like other um, women who failed uh, a lot and did some success. I wanted to just share my own experience. I'm not a psychologist. I'm, yeah. I'm not a sex therapist or family counselor at all. I'm just another uh, woman. Uh, who had uh, some experience that I wanted to share my own experience. So in that book, I wrote a lot of my own experience. So I hope my kids don't read this book. And plus, this book is for only adults. So if yeah. it happens to the boys and who read this book, that's the parents' uh, fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I noticed that just reading through the book and going through the press kit and your website and everything, uh -huh. that um, you have all sorts of ways and in the, in, in the book's written for women and everything. What do you think of some of these uh, books and websites and things that are, it seems to be a big popular thing now in the dating scene, where uh, these pickup artists, where guys are trying to teach other guys how to go pick up women, and a lot of times... They're not really telling them what they need to do, or they're giving them bad advice on how to treat women because all it is is a quick way. <laughs> I guess the uh, best advice of a sex ticket of, of American Gacy is that don't give away sex too easily and too early. And that's the big mistake that a lot of a single women make. And, um, 
that's the only thing I can tell. Like, they need the Internet and make sure they don't go out for dates, real dates. Just say, uh, uh, just cup of coffee for one hour. Maybe then they get together, but it's not real dates. And then uh, be, a, uh, be in a safe place. And then they, you realize that he's not the person, then just to uh, say goodbye within 15 minutes. So the coffee costs, what, $1.50. You didn't, I mean, he didn't pay too much for you, so you don't have to feel like, oh, he paid $100 for dinner. I better, you know, give him sex. Yeah. I don't think it's a, and that's really, you know, the people, women just give away sex too easily and too early, which I did, you know. I wanted it, and I thought he wanted to do, so why don't I just do it on the first date? Then the next day, I don't get any phone calls from the same guy because I looked so easy, and then he got what he wanted at the at first day, and then he didn't call me back. So yeah. here I'm, I'm a loser again. Uh, I don't want any woman to do the same uh, mistakes uh, that I made. Is that what inspired you to write the book? Was all your bad things? Yeah, yeah, I do so many uh, bad things. Yeah, I was not, you know, I'm 43 years old and I'm 49 uh, uh, height means very short, and then I used to 40 pounds overweight, so you can tell I was a fat and short. And then um, until 35, a new man wanted it to go out with me because I was like a feminist. I like him, so why don't I just tell him I like you, and then can we go out? And then he, they think I'm too fat and not feminine enough to go out. So um, then plus I was really ugly and I felt like my two sides uh, touching each other. So like a sword, I have to put Vaseline, you know, have you been that way? You're not that fat either then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was really ugly and an ugly right. Oh, for many, many years and then but I didn't realize why. What what was wrong? I'm a nice person. I I buy you everything. I bought the flowers and I bought Gifts and everything, and you want me to do all sex, I do it. You want me to do a real job, I do it for you. But I didn't do anything from the guy. No oral sex at all. Yeah. All the jobs, you know, until my jaw hurts. You couldn't breathe the hair and you just, your jaw really, your jaw, jaw muscles got really hurt. I did that to please the man and then he, did, he didn't appreciate what I tried to do because I was not enough. I was not, I was not the feminine, I was not beautiful, I was not the sexy enough to say that uh, I am his girlfriend. He didn't even recognize me as a girlfriend. He just said, um, uh, she's just a, one of her good friends. And like here I gave all him all the things I paid for the dinner. So I, you know what? I realized that I, I was 35 years old. I said, that's it. I can't do anymore. Before 40 years old, I really want to get married. If not, then as a, uh, my fortune teller told, told me, I was supposed to, I was going to be a monk. So I better be a monk. Just go to the, go to the uh, temple and be a monk. 
uh, if I don't get married by 40. So that was my plan. So I really, really set goals, set really serious goals to get married, and then I tried to lose weight, and then I met this guy, my husband, and then he was a really good man because he inspired me to lose weight instead of saying, you're really fat. So why don't you lose the weight? You know, he didn't say that way. He he told me that he was actually the first man in my life when I was 35 years old. He was, he said to me, "You're beautiful, you're smart, and you're sexy, and all kinds of things I never heard before." So oh really? I'm really sexy. Oh, you think I'm sexy? Then I really want to be more sexy. Oh, you think I'm beautiful? Oh, I want to be more beautiful. So if you uh, are with a good man, uh, he encouraged you uh, rather than hurting you or taking advantage of you. So, yeah, I really want to share my, you know, really poor things uh, with other women. So make sure that I don't waste uh, any single uh, life with a wrong man. So... That's another reason, you know, women just stay with a, or date a single woman, I mean, a horrible, jerk and bad man and thinking he will change, but he's not going to change, right? You don't change. No. <laughs> Why are you uh, giggling too much? I, I giggle all the time. I need to uh, giggle a lot. <laughs> he's a giggling little boy. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you acquire all your sexual knowledge to write this book? Again, I didn't have uh, enough sex until 35 years old. So here, like, I, I wanted to be, you know, I, I thought I had to be a monk, and then maybe the fortune teller was right, and I didn't have uh, sex at all, and my, I thought I was pre-sexual, uh, but not sexy at all, but I uh, thought, but, and I met uh, my husband, and he told me I was beautiful, and then I thought, okay. Then I tried to lose weight. I lost the 40 pounds, <clears throat> and then I felt so light, and then I felt so sexy myself after I lost, I lost uh, all the uh, weight uh, down to 90 pounds. Wow. So, and then my sexual uh, sex uh, uh, knowledge is from actually the experience with my husband. And I did a, a lot of a research with a 400 people, men and women, and plus I did a lot of a readings about how to uh, attract and, and, you know, the, how to get married and, and uh, joy of a sex. Uh, and uh, I, that's my uh, knowledge. Cool. Wow. So I started at 35, uh, wow. very late. A lot of people say 35 is like a getting going down and it's like you become a, a grandmother and then you become the daughter? I said, yeah, I just started when I was 35. So I was kind of born again as a woman at 35, I should say that, because before, uh, I mean, until 35, I was not real woman as a lot of men think because, you know, one guy actually attacked me and said, you're not a man, uh, woman. How come you ask me to go out and then uh, take me, take you to uh, your home? I cannot take you home because you are, 
you and I acting like a real woman. So I was not really a woman. So, but uh, I thought just being nice was enough to go out and, and have a relationship and a marriage. But that's not really men wanted. Just men are visual. They want to see my uh, good-looking appearance first. Then they know that uh, being nice is a good thing. But being nice is really important when you are married. You don't want to uh, stay with a um, nasty woman, a bitch all the time. You don't want to be that way. So you must be nice. But at the beginning, you have to be uh, beautiful. I know. Be uh, men have to see you as beautiful. Uh, some like uh, the physical attraction first, but I didn't have that one. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. You, you gave me my answer in more, which was cool. Oh, thank you. I noticed that a lot of uh, self-help books that are out there in, on Amazon and in uh -huh. stores, they focus on feelings and all sorts of things, and your book focuses on sex. Yeah. Why did you go that route? You mean sex? Not, yeah. Uh, instead of a yeah, it's the other way. I mean, I think a, a woman needs to be honest about their, themselves and what they want, and then uh, a woman needs to be more animal self. You know, that's what man wants. Then a uh, woman needs to be get into sex, and then you need uh, a woman needs to enjoy sex uh, like other men too, because. Uh, most of the uh, marriage fails, like half of the marriage fails, because uh, after marriage, a woman thinks that the wedding is done and the marriage is done. So wedding is just the beginning of a marriage. And then uh, staying married is harder than just getting married. And then staying married is the sex is uh, one of the part of the important things. So if you're not sexy enough or uh, you don't get into sex, then it's kind of hard to be a good woman, you know. A good woman means you have, uh, she is uh, uh, sexually involved, means with only committed men. So I think a woman needs to be more animal self rather than just mentally, you know. Like we, we think we are higher uh, than animal, but, you know, when you get into sex with a man, I think a woman needs to be more animal and be noise like the animal sounds. And so, I, I, because my self-help book is not based on the research at all. It's yeah. not research. I did some research, but it's all the uh, kind of anecdotes. I ask them, what do you think? It's not like a survey or uh, the getting data or the based on this uh, this. Research, no. I, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's a fair for women to write that kind of book because I don't have, uh, it, that's not really what the woman wants to hear. Woman wants to hear from somebody who failed, I mean, really bad, I mean, failed, and then uh, had some success story. Well, that's cool. I noticed somewhere in the book, I'm not exactly what chapter. You mentioned uh -huh. the thing about um, give your good man full credit for your orgasm. Why is it that women seem to, and I'm sure Chris and I both agree on this, why is it that women, they will 
not speak up. They're like, oh, well, I didn't have any, or they fake them. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? I mean, tell us what's up with that. I mean, man, the reason I said become a noisy woman means they want to know actually he gives a sexual pleasure or not, and then they want to hear that. They want to really see how yeah. much you enjoy it. You know, some woman is like they're meditating or more. Uh, I don't know if she's really uh, into sex or just sleeping or meditating. What's wrong with this woman? My sex performance is not good enough. And I don't want to, not want to see or hear. So uh, once you have an orgasm or whether you have orgasm out of a vibrator, so two fing- he's the two fingers and he's, uh, a tongue or his tongue, it doesn't matter. Just say, thank you, I had a great time. And then that's the, uh, another way to make him as a Mormon and a hero because, you know, sex and then his brain connected it to, uh, directly. Uh, you know, whenever he thinks about sex and his heart gets what? Hard. So, um, you know, if a woman say, uh, I don't like your way, uh, use the, I mean, I don't like the way you perform, then it, it, it gives him like a failure, total failure as a man. And because, uh, men think, uh, woman doesn't like his cognizance, means that he does, uh, she doesn't love him at all. So, just basically, we just say, a woman say, I don't like your size, the cock size is too small. But uh, uh, he thinks that that is just a failure in his life. And uh, that's really uh, what uh, men uh, want to hear. I mean, the, what, uh, what men want to hear is, you know, appreciate uh, what he does uh, to you. So uh, make sure, you know, to give all the orgasms, the credit that you get all the orgasms. If you don't get an orgasm, still you say thank you, how much you, I enjoyed Somewhat, not formal, but it's just, that's how you say, oh, I never had this, this kind of, co- your cog ever, and it's the best, best cog in my life. And so it just needs to tell him how much you love uh, his cock. And, and it's, uh, I, I put a lot of ways to how to say in this book uh, so you can find it, uh, you know. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. The, the what? <laughs> 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 so she 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 doesn't she doesn't have a, she's not a uh, person that doesn't have an attitude. She's got an attitude. That's cool. So um, why should women read and use this book? Again, it's uh, uh, I want to share. I share a lot of the uh, failures. Uh, and she makes sure she doesn't uh, make it any. Uh, mistakes that I made and then make sure she go out goes out with a good only good man and a married good man so if, uh, I put down a lot of a definition of a good man characteristic read that characteristic and if you go I mean she goes out with a bad, bad man or a wrong man and just uh, stop going out but it's a hard part so a woman needs to read this book uh, to uh, set the goals to what they want. So it's not only about sex, it's about the you, you know, her, herself.
good woman. How to improve you, you as a good uh, yes wife, and so your marriage will stay happily forever. So a woman need to read, and then uh, actually men need to read this book to understand how 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 much she wants to improve herself to please the men too. So read it together. So this this book might be the best one for the Valentine's Day, and because a lot of men say, how could I say, you know, if I give this book as a gift, and a, a woman, my woman, think, you know, kind of demanding, oh, read this book and follow this direction. No, just say, uh, I heard this book is good for Valentine's Day gift, and, and uh, I don't know what's inside, but uh, well, we read it together, and then uh, we share some thoughts together, and that's how you can uh, give that book to your woman as a uh, Valentine's gift. Well, that's cool. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, go ahead, Chris. Can you buy this book at, like, Hastings or any bookstore? Or? Any bookstore, nationwide, uh, Borders and Barnes and & Nobles, everywhere, okay. every uh, state, every city, and, or Amazon.com, any uh, uh, internet, and then you can visit my website. www.americangatorhouse.com AmericanGatorHouse.com You uh, sign up for my free newsletters and you will get a lot of free tips about sex, relationship, and dating. Okay. Well, one more question before we let you go, Kim. Okay. You recently spoke with our good buddy Frank Cotolo. What was that like? What is it? <laughs> you, you talked talk to everybody Frank Capolo a couple, uh, last week, I think it was. Yes, uh-huh. What was that like? Are you comparing yourself <laughs> with a Frank? Hey, I, I, I like to know. <laughs> you don't like to know. Uh, uh, he doesn't giggle. Well, we all it's not the bad or good part, but you guys are very playful. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. the that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. So a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a good thing. Is it okay? But I'm not talking about the Franco is a guy. There you go. But Franco is a serious the guy and then you guys are playful. So I guess different personalities. There you huh? go. Well I'm uh, from what I heard, Frank had a heck of a good time, so Oh really? Yes. I hope that you have a heck of a good Oh, yeah, we, we did. This, this was I, fun. I'm glad. I, I read some of this, uh, some of this press kit and some of these things, and I thought, man, she's not going to want to joke around and have a fun time. She's going to oh, be all serious. And then, like a serious teacher, boy. Yes. Open the book. Do this thing. All right. I'll do you want me to. Don't punish me, please. <laughs> uh, detention for five minutes. Yeah. If, you if you don't follow this point, you must have a detention. Exactly. Okay, sure. Okay. 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 That's cool for you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Hey, that's good. I appreciate it, Kim. And uh, I'll, I'll get you an interview or uh, not an interview. I'm an idiot. Uh, I have to explain I'm an idiot. Okay. Um, I'll get you an email this evening, let you know where I posted the interview and everything, so you can download it and listen to it. Okay.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. 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 Thank Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar, so strip up those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com Just like old. The line is busy, folks. Hello. Hey, Sam. Not much what's going on, brother. Uh, nada. For quite the pie, baby. <laughs> <laughs> pie Kim Kodam. Is
Oh, I've got a I've got a cold and my I, my voice just sounds like crap. Oh. Yes. Sounds but, good. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let me. Let me put you on hold real quick. I'm gonna go grab uh my notes. I'll be right mm -hmm. back. Okay. I got married at 37. I was 37. And then um, uh, my girlfriend asked me how to define a good man. So I thought, well, if I wrote a book, I could have reached more women to send my message about geisha consciousness, which means women use their uh, uh, femininity, beauty, and class and sex needs to attract men. It's because a lot of the women make a mistake to uh, taste after men. Uh, the uh, way to get the men, but that's wrong. They need to attract men. So I thought that might be the best way uh, to help uh, any single woman to writing this book, The Sex Secrets of an American Geisha. Wow. Uh, <laughs> right, so, uh, at least in uh, 2005, the Memoirs of a Geisha uh, a movie yes. came out. Then and I got this idea, wow, the geisha is the best archetype of uh, femininity that I was uh, looking for so many years. I didn't know what to uh, get some kind of example. I didn't want to use uh, Asian actress for uh, archetype for uh, uh, femininity. But at the time, I realized that geisha is the best example that's the example of uh, femininity, beauty, and sexiness. So a lot of people ask me, geisha is uh, prostitute or not? Uh, as a lot of people uh, know already, geisha is not a prostitute. Geisha is um, entertainer to um, male clients to take care of their men's ego. But I have to emphasize that uh, uh, Japanese geisha and American geisha, they're different. American geisha use their uh, femininity to attract their own man in uh, real uh, romantic life. However, the Asian geisha, I use the Asian geisha for Japanese geisha and Korean kissing. I did some research and I found that they are uh, very similar to uh, about the archetype of the femininity. The Asian geisha use their femininity as their work their, with their clients. So I, I have to emphasize the difference between Asian geisha and American geisha. American geisha doesn't go out to use their femininity to sell themselves to or, or uh, like a, a, a asking woman to do prostitute work. No. It's a totally different concept. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I read part of this book, and uh -huh. there seems to be a lot of, uh, I, guess, I wouldn't say pot shots, but things towards feminists. Mm -hmm. um, you emphasize femininity in your book. Why will feminists be upset with you, and have they been upset with you ones that have read the book? As I said, um, this, this using femininity is for women's personal romantic life. So we women need to be feminine at, uh, at home with a, 
our men, husband, our lovers, and boyfriend, and fiancé. So we should be feminine. But we must be a feminist, feminist, like working as a, another boy. So I'm yes. not against any feminist at all. So we must. I'm making case of both feminist at work and femininist. I use the, the word femininist. Femininist means a woman who uses their uh, femininity for attract and satisfy and keep their men. So it's, I'm not against any feminist at all. But uh, feminists uh, are kind of need to realize that their femininity actually empowers the, the man. It's not like being feminine doesn't make yourself as a weak or submissive uh, woman at all. But people don't, a woman don't realize that they have so much power over the guys. And then their femininity actually brings all the power to men. That's men want to. Men are very visual, masculine and sexual. So that's what what men are. So a woman needs to be feminine, class sexy, and what's called the beautiful to attract men. So this basically just surrenders to the realities of what men want and what men are. And that's like the yin and yang, you know. Men are masculine and yang, and women are feminine and yin. So two are attracting attracting each other. So if if a woman is very masculine, and I don't think that the relationship works very well, and then like the gays and lesbians, it applies the same way too. One person is a feminine and the other person, like a butch, is like a masculine. So they they make a, a complete a good relationship. And a gay, a, a gay couple too, one person is very uh, soft and feminine and the other person is very masculine. And then again, it's a heterosexual a couple too. One a woman is a very feminine and the other man is a very masculine. They complete the one circle as a yin and yang. So I took it from uh, uh, what's called the, the uh, geishas, and Asian geishas, centuries old uh, practice and wisdom to 21st century a woman who wants to be in love and then married within 12 to 18 months. So this Secrets of an American Geisha is for a single woman, but I don't know. I don't know why. So suddenly I got all the good response and feedback from men and say, hey, I really like this book, and a woman needs to read this book as a mandatory book. And I thought, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. So, and then some, some men told me that uh, I realized that men use this book as a masturbation supplementary book. And because I found that going through this book, it's very easy to do. And then then they told me that they couldn't finish book. They couldn't finish reading book. They like to keep doing it, but they can't do it because it's getting hot, too hot. So they need to go out and get fresh air and come back and read more. But then again, but I thought, I didn't write this book for a masturbation supplementary book. This is for a single woman. 
But hey, men like it. I don't have any problem. Hey, as long as you're selling books, I guess that's all you're concerned with. This book is for men and women, and single and married men and women. I guess it's approach all the population. I guess young or old, it doesn't matter. Are you you are black and Asian or Latinos and white? It doesn't matter. This is for all all women, and I guess all the men too. It's not just. Have you heard about the uh, yellow fever or Asian uh, fetish? Asian persuasion. Pretty much, uh, pretty much uh, the, the big thing right now seems to be, uh, like, people love Asian chicks. Love yeah, them. and then uh, white chicks uh, hate us, uh, Asian women, because they think, uh, oh, you're just submissive and then just a, uh, a doormat, and you just do whatever your man wants to, that's why you get all the uh, white men, and uh, people think that uh, uh, Asian women take uh, all the American men from the American women. So they kind of think that uh, American women are losing their American men to Asian women, and they start hating us, and then I kind of read this some parts. But I don't think it's true. And uh, American men or white or uh, uh, black or Latino, it doesn't matter. They're looking for feminine women. They're, they're hungry for feminine women. It doesn't matter you are black or white and uh, Latino. So I don't think uh, men just choose the Asian woman because of the look. I think that men choose uh, the feminine woman and good-looking and feminine. That's what men want to. Mm-hmm. So uh, American women like a white or Latino or black don't need to hate uh, Asian woman. I guess the Asian woman uh, knows some uh, you know, feminine ways to attract and satisfy the man. So if you do that, use uh, your femininity, uh, then uh, you don't have any problems to go out or find a good man. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Are you married? Me? No, I'm not married. I'm single. Um, I haven't read your book. I'm sorry. I haven't got a copy of it. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to get get it to me before after you read it, but I don't know that's going to happen. So. <laughs> okay. I might have to probably try to pick up a copy of it and read this book. I really uh-huh. am interested in it. And, uh, but. James, are you single too? No, unfortunately I am married. Unfortunately <laughs> or unfortunately? Both. Oh, both. Okay. So maybe, um, your woman will pick up this book and then, uh, for the Valentine's Day and then she will learn how to do it because I heard that if you read, uh, a woman reads uh, this uh, secret of an American teacher, all the men's the fantasy will come true. It's not uh, what I said. It's, uh, somebody told me that. Well, my woman should read the book to uh, please me in and out of a uh, bedroom. It's, I'm not talking about just the inside of bedroom. I'm talking about, like, uh, have you heard about the uh, beer? A lady in the living room and whore in the bedroom. Yes, yes. Pretty much, I I I teach you that concept in that book. So uh, that's what men want, and then be elegant to a lady 
and be a whore like a noisy lover in the bathroom. That's what men want, and then drive him crazy. I mean, positive way, not the negative, that yeah. uh, nagging way. So. So you mentioned in the book, uh, make you a good man feel like more of a good man. Uh-huh. How does someone accomplish this? It's like, again, a man and masculine, or a woman and looking for a masculine man, then a woman should be feminine, a feminine woman too. So that's how you can be a, a, a good, a good woman. Is that, what was your question, by the way? I forgot. It, it was, hold on a sec. Uh, you make your good man feel like more of a man. Right, your femininity will bring more uh, your uh, masculine to your man, so that's uh, how you can do it, and then respect, respect it, and then uh, make it he, a boost to your uh, man's ego, and then always uh, praise him or compliment his uh, manhood. Can I use a penis here, or I can I use a penis, or the word? I'll tell you one thing that I find, and just from the interview and from the book. Uh-huh. How, you're a middle school teacher. How could you write <laughs> this book? Uh, oh, well, what's wrong with that? I, 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 find, I find it sort of strange because you know most middle school teachers, you think of the old lady who is yeah, that's sexy. Yeah, uh, uh, bush, bushy hair. Yeah. They don't know how to comb hair either. They don't know how to put their lipstick. And then I guess I'm different and then I... I that you know I always want to write a self help book to help a single woman uh, uh, somewhere that I learned from my relationship with my husband and then I failed so many things with the wrong man and I wasted time I wasted my precious twenties uh, and early thirties uh, so that's uh, I really wanted to uh, write that kind of book. And then I don't ask me to write a math textbook or a biology textbook. That's not the, my uh, interest. My, my interest was uh, something I really want to help uh, 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 a single woman. And daytime, yes, I'm in the classroom teacher. But uh, it doesn't matter if the author is a middle school teacher or a sex therapist or a porn star or a prostitute. It doesn't matter who the author is at the daytime to make the money. It doesn't matter because uh, because I wrote this book for uh, any woman, uh, whether she's a lawyer, she's uh, uh, what's it called, the Laura Bush. If uh, President Bush wants to have some tips from this book, it might be good for Laura Bush too, the president, the uh, first lady. Uh, for educators and teachers and uh, or janitors or housekeepers and wives, I wrote this book for any single and a married woman. It, uh, no matter what they're making uh, uh, life or making uh, what is called the money. So it's, it's weird, but uh, so I have to be very careful because I have to protect my kids somewhere because <clears throat> I don't want to screw my uh, daytime uh, profession uh, job. Yeah. So I don't really go out and then talk about my book in my area where I teach. So I actually go uh, go, go to different uh, cities and 
Chris. Go ahead, Chris. You make me want to go back to junior high. <laughs> you know what? But you know what? I'm trusting you to just another teacher. I, I'm wearing glasses, and I, I don't really put a lot of makeup. I don't no. show my uh, like breasts and hang out. No, I don't do that. So if you see me as a, a teacher in the classroom, uh, you you will be shocked. Uh, I'm so different from uh, you, you see on, on my internet uh, website. So make sure that my kids don't have uh, whatever, you know. So my husband asked me, don't ask the boys to stand up because they already have a hole on it. So, <laughs> so what, what are you talking about? Uh, did you have the same experience? Pretty much. Yeah, I had the same experience. I had a, a beautiful sexy teacher when I was in sixth grade, sixth grade. And then I, I, did, I couldn't get up. And then yeah. she called my name and I couldn't get up. So don't ever, don't, he asked me to, not to call and then send up the, to boys at all. So because they just have a hard time to, I don't know. It's a truth to boys, I guess. I don't have a, that problem. Okay. <laughs> so have any parent came up to you and said, hey, I read your book or um, I saw your book, I don't like it. Has, has anybody approached you? And not at all, not at all. You know, it, the book came out in November. I try not to, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to keep this job as a teacher because I have two passions. One yeah. is the teaching and then the other one is uh, uh, writing, uh, uh, writing. So I don't want to, if it happens, then it happens. So I don't want yeah. to just to worry about it, but yeah. no parents come in and say, um, I wrote your book and how could you do that? And we should go and fire you and give a report to the uh, uh, principal and in the district. And then I thought about it, actually, when I started writing this book, but I couldn't hide anything. If I hide it or pretend that I'm just a middle school teacher uh, to write this kind of book, then that's not really valuable. And yeah. it's not fair for a single woman to read this book and realize, Oh, it's so dry and a lot of uh, research and percentage. It's like uh, so dry. But I wrote this book in my bedroom. It's not a laboratory research and based on the research and uh, come up with a lot of numbers. No, I'm just like other um, women who failed uh, a lot and did some success. I wanted to just share my own experience. I'm not a psychologist. I'm, I'm not a a therapist or a family counselor at all. I'm just another uh, woman uh, who had uh, some experience that I wanted to share my own experience. So in that book, I wrote a lot of my own experience. So I hope my kids don't read this book. And plus, this book is for only adults. So if it happens to the boys who read this book, that's the parents' uh, fault.
where guys are trying to teach other guys how to go pick up women, and a lot of times they're not really telling them what they need to do, or they're giving them bad advice on how to treat women because all it is is a quick way. <laughs> I guess the best advice of a sex ticket of, of American gay says is don't give away sex too easily and too early. And that's the big mistake that a lot of single women make. And um, that's the only thing I can tell. Like, they need the Internet and make sure they don't go out for dates, a real dates. Just say, uh, uh, just cup of coffee for one hour. Maybe then they get together, but it's not real date. And then uh, be, a, uh, be in a safe place. And then they, you realize that he's not the person, then just to uh, say goodbye within 15 minutes. So a coffee costs what? $1.50. You didn't, I mean, he didn't pay too much for you, so you don't have to feel like, oh, he paid $100 for dinner. I better, you know, give him sex. Yeah. I don't think it's so. And that's really, you know, the people, women just give away sex too easily and too early, which I did, you know. I wanted it, and I thought he wanted to do, so why don't I just do it on the first date? Then the next day, I don't get any phone calls from the same guy because I looked so easy, and he got what he wanted at the at first day, and then he didn't call me back. So yeah. here I'm, I'm a loser again. So I don't want any woman to do the same mistakes that I made. Is that what inspired you to write the book? Was all your bad yeah, things? Yeah, I did so many uh, bad things. I was not, you know, I'm 43 years old and I'm 49 uh, uh, height means very short, and then I used to 40 pounds overweight. So you can tell I was a fat and short. And then uh, until 45, the new man wanted it to go out with me because I was like a feminist. I like him, so why don't I just tell him I like you, and then can we go out? And then he, they think I'm too fat and then not feminine enough to go out. So um, then plus I was really ugly and I felt like uh, my two sides uh, touching each other. So like a sword, I have to put Vaseline, you know, you have you been that way? You're not that bad either then, huh? <laughs> so I was really ugly and an ugly right. Oh, for many, many years and then but I didn't realize why. Well what was wrong? I'm nice person. I I buy you everything. I bought the flowers and I bought and everything, and you want me to do oral sex, I do it. You want me to do a real job, I do it for you. But I didn't do anything from the guy, no oral sex at all. Whoa. All the jobs, you know, until my jaw hurts. You couldn't breathe the hair and you just, your jaw really, your jaw, jaw muscles that really hurt. I did that to please the man and then but he, did, he didn't appreciate what I tried to do because I was not enough. I was not, I was not the feminine, I was not beautiful, I was not the sexy enough to say that uh, I am his girlfriend. He didn't even recognize me as a girlfriend. He just said, 
she's just one of her good friends. And like here, I gave him all the things I paid for the dinner. So I, you know what? I realized that I, I was 35 years old. I said, that's it. I can't do anymore. Before 40 years old, I really want to get married. If not, then as a, uh, my coaching Thomas Paulo told me, I was supposed to, I was born to be a monk. So I better be a monk because just go to the, go to the uh, temple and be a monk. Uh, if I don't get married by 40. So that was my plan. So I really, really set goals, set really serious goals to get married and then I tried to lose weight and then I met this guy, my husband, and then he was a really good man because he inspired me to lose weight instead of saying, you're really fat, so why don't you lose the weight? You know, he didn't say that way. He, he told me that he was actually the first man in my life when I was 35 years old. He, he said to me, you're beautiful, you're smart, and you're sexy, and all kinds of things I never heard before. So, oh, really? I'm really sexy? Oh, you think I'm sexy? Then I really want to be more sexy. Oh, you think I'm beautiful? Oh, I want to be more beautiful. So if you uh, are with a good man, uh, he encouraged you it's, uh, rather than hurting you or taking advantage of you. So, yeah, I really want to share my, you know, really sweet things uh, with other women. So make sure they don't waste uh, any single uh, life with a wrong man. So that's another reason, you know, women just to stay with a, or date a single woman, I mean, a horrible, jerk and bad man and thinking, he will change, but he's not going to change, right? You No. <laughs> Why are you giggling too much? I I giggle all the time. I think I giggle a lot. Of a <laughs> he's a giggling little boy. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you acquire all your sexual knowledge to write this book? Again, I didn't have uh, enough sex until 35 years old. So here, like, I, I wanted to be, you know, I, I thought I had to be a monk, and then maybe the fortune teller was right, and I didn't have uh, sex at all. And my, I thought I was pretty uh, sexual, but not sexy at all. But uh, that, but uh, 35, and I met. Uh, my husband, and then he told me I was beautiful, and then I thought, okay. Then I tried to lose weight. I lost the 40 pounds, <clears throat> and then I felt so light, and then I felt so sexy myself that after I lost, I lost uh, all the uh, weight uh, down to 90 pounds. Wow. So, and then my sexual, uh, sex, uh, uh, knowledge is from actually the experience with my husband, and then I did, uh, Lot of a research with a 400 people, men and women, and plus I did a lot of readings about how to uh, attract and then you know the how to get married and then uh, joy of a sex uh, and uh, I, that's my uh, knowledge. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I started at 30, 35. I was wow. very late. A lot of people said 35 is like a Getting going down, yeah. and it's like you become a, a grandmother, and then you become <laughs> the daughter. I said, yeah, this started when I was 35. 
So I was kind of born again as a woman at 35, I should say that, because before, uh, I mean, until 35, I was not a real woman as a lot of men think, because, you know, one guy actually attacked me as a little man, a uh, woman. How come you ask me to go out and then uh, take me, take you to uh, your home? I cannot take you home because you are, you are not acting like a real woman. So I was not really a woman. So, but I uh, thought just being nice was enough to go out and, and have a relationship and marry. But that's not really men wanted. Just men are visual. They want to see my uh, good-looking appearance first. Then they know that uh, being nice is a good too. But being nice is really important when you are married. You don't want to uh, stay with a um, nasty woman, a bitch all the time. You don't want to be that way. So you must be nice. But at the beginning, you have to be uh, beautiful. I know be- uh, men have to see you as beautiful. But some like the, the physical attraction first, but I didn't have that one. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. You, you gave me my answer and more, which was cool. Oh, thank you. I noticed that a lot of uh, self-help books that are out there in, on Amazon and in uh-huh. stores, they focus on feelings and all sorts of things, and your book mm-hmm. focuses on sure. sex. Yeah. Why did you go that route? You mean sex? Not, yeah. Uh, instead of a... Yeah, it's still the other way. I mean, I think a, a woman needs to be honest about their, themselves and what they want, and then uh, a woman needs to be more animal self. You know, that's what men want. Then a uh, woman needs to be get into sex, and then you need uh, a woman needs to enjoy sex uh, like the other uh, men too, because. Uh, most of the uh, marriage fails, like half of the marriage fails, because uh, after marriage, a woman thinks that the wedding is done and the marriage is done. But wedding is just the beginning of a marriage. And then uh, staying married is harder than just getting married. And then staying married is the sex is the, uh, one of the part of the important things. So if you're not sexy enough or uh, you don't get into sex, then it's kind of hard to be a good woman, you know. A good woman means you have, uh, she is uh, uh, sexually involved, means with only committed men. So I think a woman needs to be more animal self rather than just mentally, you know. Like we think we are higher uh, than animal, but, you know, when you get into sex with a man, I think a woman needs to be more animal and be noise like the animal sounds. And so, I, I, because my self-help book is not based on the research at all. It's yeah. not research. I did some research, but it's all the uh, kind of anecdotes. I asked her, what do you think? It's not like a survey or uh, the getting data or the based on this uh, this. Research, no, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's a fair for women to write that kind of book because I don't have, uh, it, that's not really what the woman wants to hear. 
women want to hear from somebody who failed and they're really bad and they failed and then uh, had some success story. Well, that's cool. I noticed in somewhere in the book, I'm not sure exactly what chapter, you mentioned uh-huh. the thing about um, give your good man full credit for your orgasm. Why is it that women seem to, and I'm sure Chris and I both agree on this, why is it that women, they will not speak up? They're like, oh, well, I didn't have any, or they fake them. Yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? I mean, the reason I said become a noisy w- woman means they want to know actually he gives a sexual pleasure or not, and then they want to hear that. They want to really see how yeah. much you enjoy. You know, some woman is like they're meditating or more. Uh, I don't know if she's a really uh, into sex or just sleeping or meditating. What's wrong with this woman? My sex performance is not good enough. And if they want to, they want to see or hear. So uh, once you have an orgasm or whether you have orgasm out of a vibrator, so two fing- he's the two fingers and he's uh, a tongue or he's tongue, it doesn't matter. Just say, thank you, I had a great time. And then that's the, uh, another way to make him as a Mormon and a hero because, you know, sex and then his brain connected it to, uh, directly, uh, you know, whenever he thinks about sex and he's taught that to what? Hard. So, um, you know, if a woman say, uh, I don't like your way, uh, use the, I mean, I don't like the way you perform, then if, it gives him like a failure, total failure as a man. And because uh, men think a woman doesn't like his cock means that he does, uh, she doesn't love him at all. So just basically we just say, a woman say, I don't like your size, the cock size is too small. But uh, he thinks that that is just a failure in his life. And uh, that's really uh, what the men uh, want to hear. I mean, the one, what men wants to hear is, you know, appreciate uh, what he does uh, to you. So uh, make sure, you know, to give all the orgasms, the credit that you get all the orgasms. If you don't get an orgasm, still you say thank you, how much you I enjoyed. Someone, not formal, but it's just that's how you say, oh, I never had a dis- just kind of cut your cock ever, and it's the best, best cock in my life. And so it just needs to tell him how much you love uh, his cock. And, and it's, uh, I, I took a lot of the ways to have to say in this book uh, so you can find it, uh, you know. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. the, the what? What? <laughs> <laughs> See, she's, she, she doesn't, she doesn't have, a, she's not a uh, person that doesn't have an attitude. She's got an attitude. That's cool. So, um, why should women read and use this book? Again, it's, uh, uh, I want to share, I share a lot of her failures, uh, and she makes sure she doesn't uh, make any uh, mistakes that I made, and then make sure 
she go out, goes out with a good, only good man and a very good man. So if, uh, I put down a lot of a definition of a good man characteristic, read that characteristic, and if you go, I mean, she goes out with a bad, bad man or a wrong man, and just uh, stop going out. So it's a hard part. So a woman needs to read this book uh, to uh, set the goal to what they want. So it's not only about sex, it's about the you, you know, her, herself. So it's uh, uh, how to improve yourself as a good woman, how to improve you, you as a good, uh, yes, wife. And so your marriage will stay happily forever. So a woman needs to read, and then uh, actually men need to read this book to understand how how, how how much she wants to improve herself to please uh, men too. So read it together. Oh, and so this this book might be the best one for the Valentine's Day, and because a lot of men say, "How could I say? You know, if I give this book as a gift, and a, a woman, my woman, saying that, you know, kind of demanding, oh, read this book and follow this direction." No, just say, uh, I heard that this book is good for Valentine's Day gift, and, and uh, I don't know what's inside, but uh, well, we read it together, and then uh, we share some thoughts together, and that's how you can uh, give that book to your woman as a uh, Valentine's gift. Yes. Open the book. Do this thing. 
You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguars, so strip up those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguars, so strip up those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com We are back here on the Jiggy Jaguar Show, speaking with Rich Bueller from TruthRefiction.com. Uh, Rich, give us some background on yourself and how you put the website together and everything. Well, I'm a hoax. No, not really. <laughs> uh, I, I have always been interested in urban legends and hoaxes and strange stories. I, I, I have been in the radio biz my whole life, and I started off in all-news radio in Los Angeles. And uh, whenever there was a, something about an urban legend or a hoax, I just was the guy who got interested in it and became the go-to guy. And so through the years, I've done research and writing on urban legends, and uh, toward the end of uh, the 90s, I, I, it, it suddenly hit me how much they were going to be multiplied uh, using email. I started getting some forwarded emails sent to me, and I, it just hit me one day, especially when a very, very old, ancient uh, urban legend came to me via email, and I realized, oh my gosh, it's going to be given an entirely new life. So I set up truthorfiction.com to be a place where people could go and easily check out forwarded emails that were questionable and find out whether they were true or not. Well, I'll tell you, the uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Frank Cotolo, uh started getting those, um, oh, the African prince wants you to send him money emails, I guess is what you'd call them, and uh, he tried to communicate with several of them trying to get him on on, their, on his radio show, and there was always reasons why they couldn't do it. Um, oh, that's funny. Well, what yeah, is the uh, background on those emails? Because I get yeah, that, that one. That one is bad. That one is a scam, and it's involving some potentially scary people. Most of the emails we deal with on TruthOfFiction.com, and most of the ones you get in your in your inbox, are 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 just rumors. They may be true. They may not be true. But this is a scam. It's called the Nigerian Advanced Fee Scam. What they do is this. They write to you and they say, look, we'd like to use your bank account to put, you know, $40 million or something into the U.S. Uh, we're trying to get it out of our country. You know, we're, I'm the, the son of a deposed prince and we're in big trouble. And they say, if you'll just let us use your bank account to put the money uh, somewhere uh, safe, uh, well, let's keep 25% of it. Let's keep 10 or 15 or $20 million. Yeah. Of course, the first thing you think is, ah, oh, that's, that's hokum. But then if you contact them, they will communicate with you. They'll send you documents. They'll invite you to come visit them in a foreign country. It all started in Nigeria, but now it's all over the world. And uh, they'll really have you convinced that you're about to get uh, several million dollars in your pocket. 
Then what happens is on the eve of the transfer of the money, they come to you and they say, oops, we've got a problem, there's a tax, there's a bribe, there's something we didn't realize. If you'll just advance us X number of dollars, and by this time they know you well enough to know how much disposable income you've got, how much cash on hand you've got, uh, if you'll just uh, if you transfer us this much money, you know, 500000 10000 5000 uh, you'll have your money tomorrow. And by that time you do it because you figure, heck, I'm going to get it anyway. Yeah. What happens is after you transfer the money, they and your money disappear. Uh, and you might think, well, who would do such a thing? Uh, according to the U.S. Secret Service, which is the agency that handles this, yeah. uh, there have been tens of thousands of Americans who have lost hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, my God. And and, any, and and there's a whole bunch of variations on that. There's there's ones where they'll uh, uh, send you uh, a, a check in the mail uh, that says, here, cash this. You've won a $45,000 trip around the world on a, on a cruise for two. Uh, cash this uh, as your uh, indication that you really want to accept this. Cash this check. Send us the cash. Wire us the cash. And that will be sort of your deposit. We'll pay the taxes. And then, of course, the check turns out to be no good, and you and your bank are left holding the, holding the bank. There's a whole bunch of variations on this now. Wow. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just plain a scam. And, and there's at least one case that I know of where somebody responded to this, went to the foreign country to meet with the people, and has never been seen again. That oh, got my bad. God. Yeah. So it's a pretty serious thing. Don't communicate with them. Don't yeah. just ignore those emails. If you have been scammed, contact the the United States Secret Service. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that the big thing that uh, I've noticed just recently, and I'm sure that uh, your website's dealt with this on a couple of occasions, and that is, I get these uh, instant messages from people, and they're they're basically forward little instant messages. Oh, Yahoo's shutting down. Well, that's uh, kind of the big thing now. Because they're using instant messaging more, more frequently, uh, there are now instant message rumors. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was a big one in Pakistan over the weekend, huge one. All over Pakistan, people were sending instant messages to each other. And see, people don't realize that in some foreign countries, instant messaging is yeah. bigger than cell phones or email. Uh, and they were sending an instant message to everybody saying, don't respond to this particular instant message because if you do, it's going to create something in your phone uh, that will either blow up the phone or will create something that makes your, your eardrums blow out or your head bleed. Or In other words, it was a terrorist instant message warning. It was untrue, but it okay. paralyzed a lot of the cell phones in Pakistan for, for, for quite a while. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's hardly believable, but how, how, how do people believe these things? Well, like well, you were mentioning earlier, there's, there's millions of people that you know, have been scammed by the Nigerian you know, bank account guys, and I'm just right. thinking, how do people fall for these? Well, I'll tell you, the ones that are warnings, like the one I just described in Pakistan, yeah. those are the ones that get the most commonly circulated, because... Uh, first of all, there are a lot of people who are not, uh, uh, who will not be able to think it through from a sophisticated standpoint as to how ludicrous it sounds. Uh, I mean, yeah. the whole the whole world of technology and email and cell phones is is an amazement to them in the first place. So 
they're not going to sit and say, I don't think that's technically feasible. They're going to say, oh, it could be true. Warnings will get forwarded more than anything else because people will say to themselves, just in case, just in case this is true. Sounds hokum to me, but I don't want to yeah. be the one to fail to, warn, to forward it to the people I love and then somebody gets harmed. So those will get circulated far more than, than other e-rumors just because of what might be at stake. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting dynamic as to who believes what and who forwards what. Uh, I, I don't know that there's been any intense research done on it yet, but there's going to be, I'm sure. Yeah. How did you um, come to start the uh, website, truthorfiction.com? Well, how, how, how did you research all these and put these well, up? Well, you know what? People, people think we're some kind of superhumans for being able to do this. Yeah. You know what? Most of the objectionable emails that come your way you can get to the bottom of it with a good Google search. Um, uh, you know, somebody's already researched it, or it's about a product, and maybe the product's website's got the truth on it. Uh, it it's amazing how, um, how you can put these things to rest pretty quickly with a good Google search. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, we uh, get to primary sources. We try to get to the first-hand sources as best we can. Uh, that's my background is broadcast journalism. I have been a journalist, and I... I, I try to use the same principles that I did in the news biz, try to get the right information, try to tell people why you believe that's the right information, who did you get it from. See, it doesn't matter whether I believe it's true or not. It yeah. matters whether it really is true or not, whether we can get first-hand information as to whether it's, uh, it's truth or fiction. And uh, there's, there's some of them we can't get to very easily, so those are the ones we have to do original investigation on. And, really go out and beat the bushes and get on the phone and talk to people and, and again, try to get first-hand sources. Some of them you, you'll never know, so those are the ones we list as unproven. I'll tell you, you've, you've got a, a lot of uh, good material on here. What what has been the uh, one e-rumor, I guess, that has uh, taken a long, arduous journey to get research to uh, see if it was truth or fiction? Oh, boy. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably one. Uh, there was there was a strange rumor, kind of a religious rumor, that went out a while back. Um, this was about uh, ten years ago that uh, said that uh, 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 that there was, well, well this, 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 be this was actually a rumor in some of the tabloid newspapers, and then it became a new rumor. But it, it said that um, uh, scientists in uh, Siberia uh, were drilling uh, deep hole drilling, going down more deeply into the earth than anybody ever drilled before looking for oil, yeah. and that they, quote, drilled into hell, end quote. <laughs> uh, you know, they claimed that uh, they dropped some microphones down this hole and heard people in torment and so forth. And that's not meant to mock anybody who yeah. believes in, in, in biblical concepts, but but, but, but the, the story was ludicrous. Um, and uh, it took a long time to get to the bottom of it because uh, uh, there were some aspects of it that were actually created. Uh, there was part of it that was just a rumor, part of it that was an intentional hoax on the part of a wow. man who lived in Norway. And it took a long time to really go through every single little, little, little lead and finally latch on to the guy who had originated the hoax part of it. Uh, and added that to the e-rumor part of it. So, you know, something like that can take quite a long time and can travel around the world. Well, I'll tell you, the um, it, it 
that uh, that you just mentioned, that kind of uh, sounds like the uh, uh, James Cameron thing that, you know, he found Jesus' tomb and everything. Well, now, that one's interesting, uh, and that one has become an e-rumor, uh, and, uh, you know, that's one where there is a group of people who've made the documentary who are making some claims. There are a group of experts that say they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and you know what? It's it's one of those. It's going to be impossible to really come to a conclusion about. Yeah. Because they're all kind of looking at the same thing, uh, uh, coming to different conclusions. Uh, although uh, some of the people who are like the antiquities experts in in Israel who deal with this all the time, uh, I haven't found any of them that uh, thinks very much of Mr. Cameron's conclusions. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the. Uh the website, truthorfiction.com, has a ton of uh, truths and fiction. Uh, do you think, which outnumbers the other? Oh, the the ones that are fiction. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would say only about uh, 20% of them end up being true, but that's a significant number. Uh, uh, but uh, there is, the, the, the overwhelming majority of them are fiction. They're either outright fiction or they are a corrupted version of the truth and have a little bit of truth and fiction in them. <laughs> that's <laughs> and interesting. That's how some of them get started. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are true stories in their origin, uh, but uh, somebody's just gotten the wrong information. One of the biggest, for instance, in the... Uh, oh, here, I'll tell you one of the biggest ones right now, and it yeah. has been for several months. You may have received a forwarded email that says, you'd better register your cell phone with the do not call list because cell phone numbers are about to be handed over to telemarketers. And if you don't register your cell phone on the do not call list, then the telemarketers yeah. are going to drive you crazy. Well, that's tr not true. Uh, there is no release of, of numbers uh, to telemarketers, uh, of cell phone numbers to telemarketers. Uh, you don't, you don't, you can register your cell phone with the do not call list. You don't need to because right now it's against federal law to do uh, uh, you know, uh, telemarketing calls to cell phones. Uh, but it started with a little bit of misunderstanding. Somebody read a story that said that there was going to be a, a, a directory published of cell phone numbers. And it's not even going to be printed. It's just going to be made available like the directory assistance operators or something like that. So you could call up, you know, and frankly, I think it's needed because I know one of my daughters doesn't even have a phone anymore, a landline phone. She just yeah. uses her cell phone, she and her husband. So it would make sense that you'd be able to call directory assistance and get somebody's cell phone number if they choose to let you get it. That's yeah. all in the world that was discussed, and there was not going to be any release of phone numbers to telemarketers. Well, I'll tell you, the one on here that um, I've gotten a lot and uh, I got it on Instant Messenger, and I've got it on email, and that's the world's largest dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the Mastiff. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, that one is uh, is true. Um, although the, uh, I think the e-rumor, if I remember correctly, I don't have it here in front of me, had a couple of things in it that weren't exactly accurate. Uh, but that is a true story about a man in uh, Massachusetts who has a uh, an English Mastiff. Uh, that is uh, nearly 300 pounds, and uh, which is funny because the dog weighs more than he does, and he's a big guy. He's a big bruiser of a guy, you know, biker, uh, heavyweight yeah. lifter. And uh, but that one is true, and it says that it was the world's largest dog. Uh, that was true back, I think, in 2001, 
when uh, a, a little kid was looking for Guinness Book of World Records and said, hey, you know, the world's biggest dog is, uh, is uh, about the size of your dog. And so he called Guinness, found out that dog in the book had died, and his dog uh, became uh, the biggest. He submitted documentation about the dog. Actually, to be accurate, it was the heaviest dog. There are other dogs that are taller, but this was the heaviest dog. I think since then it's been uh, replaced by another dog that's heavier, uh, but the dog is real, and, and the story is true. Amazing. <laughs> it's just really Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, see, these are wow stories. These are what we call wow stories, uh, yeah. James. They are, you know, we tell them all every day. Wow, you'll, you'll never get what I got, yes, what I got in the mail today. Wow, you won't believe the accident I saw on the freeway. Wow, my, my, my first grandchild is due, you know. These are wow stories. And uh, th that's yeah. all the world forwarded emails are. We tell them, we've told them for our whole lives, we'll keep telling them. Uh, forwarded emails will continue to exist. The problem is we have no way of knowing which ones are true or accurate or not without checking them out. And that's why we have truthorfiction.com, so people can do that easily. Well, um, Rich Bueller from uh, truthorfiction.com, truth uh, one thing that seems to be making its way from the Internet to uh, mainstream media is a lot of these, like, political sites, they, they come up with different things, whether it's just outright rumors or just outright lies, and a lot of people take them and run with them. Do e-rumors ever get that way? Is there anybody in the mainstream press that hears an e-rumor and they just run with it? No. no. Oh, you mean, in other words, without knowing whether it's true or yeah. not? No, uh, very seldom. Uh, uh, professional journalists check stuff out. Yeah. And uh, even if they get it from what appears to be a good source, uh, they will nearly always do some kind of original research on it, or they will quote the source from which they got it. Yeah. Uh, there have not been many times where an e-rumor has become front-page news through the media. There have been times when rumors have become front-page news because somebody else did it, like a politician. Yeah. Uh, uh, didn't realize that what they were quoting uh, was inaccurate. Uh, there have been many occasions where law enforcement agencies have taken something from the pages of, of email and, and just, you know, somebody on staff wasn't thinking. For instance, one of the yeah. biggies, there's a story uh, that uh, you may have seen this one because it's been around for years. There's a story that says if anybody blinks their lights at you or driving at night without lights, don't blink your lights at them. Because what yeah. it is is a gang member and as a part of an initiation rite, uh, if you blink your lights at them, uh, they're going to track you down and do your bodily harm or kill you. Uh, it's, it's untrue. Uh, there's never been a documented case that I know of where that's actually happened. But it's very scary and, and, and it'll, it'll start circulating and particular communities, you know, uh, uh, where people, where the community is small enough that people will really get concerned that this could really be happening. And yeah. uh, there have been numerous occasions where somebody on the staff of a law enforcement agency or in some other governmental office yeah. uh, sent that out as though it was really uh, proven by that law enforcement agency, and there's been a lot of red faces over that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a lot of... Uh just a lot of the e-rumors that circulate, and they, they fall under all sorts of different categories. You guys have them really, really organized. Um, 
you know, has, has it ta- did it take a long time to get a lot of these organized, or do you have your Well, a, we've, a done it, we've done it one story at a time, and uh, it's, uh, it's taken, you know, we, we've been accumulating them now for, um, as far as the official website's concerned, since 1989. Wow. 89. Good Lord. So when, when you started the site, was it... Uh, was it a lot different than what it looks like now, as far as not much, uh, organization? Not much. It hasn't changed very much. It's about to go through a big facelift. I'm sorry. I said 1989. I misspoke. I meant 1998. Ah, I'm okay. Not, I'm not dyslexic, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a this is a heck of a uh, heck of an organ organized site here. You guys have got everything. Um, Give uh, some people the information on uh, what the uh, X-rated school cactus project was, because that's interesting. <laughs> well, that's a visual. You really have to see the picture. The X-rated school cactus project. Well, this claims that there was a group of school kids who were asked to grow these cacti, these small little uh, pots of cacti, uh, for a yeah. school project, and they ended up being X-rated because they looked like male genitalia when it was all done. Uh, the, the the fact is that that never really happened. The cacti yeah. do exist, but they're made that way intentionally. They're sold in in uh, gift shops and, and adult stores. Uh, they're, they're meant to look like male genitalia. That that was on purpose. It, it wasn't a school project. But somebody created that story to go along with the picture. <laughs> very very interesting uh, uh, sight and everything. I'll I'll have to say um, this. You could get stuck on the site for hours, even days. Well, we we, that, we hear that a lot. People come and they say their first <laughs> visit lasted far too long. <laughs> they had fun uh, browsing around and uh, finding the, the various crazy stories that have circulated. Uh, I know one thing that I've I got uh, just recently, and that was the uh, and you've got it on the site a little bit different. I can't remember what what I got, but it was the. Uh, uh, Democratic Origins of Social Security. I got that one in my email, although it was uh, it's the same rumor, it just was titled a little bit differently. Um, is that an issue that you guys uh, address sometimes, is when different e-rumors get out there and they're under different names or different, you know, uh, categories, you know, uh, I guess? You know what, there are so many, I mean, any person can make a, a change, you know, yeah. uh, and so uh, we don't we don't track every single variation of any rumor unless there's something substantive that changes. Uh, but we we try to we try to post the e-rumor, and as long as if that reflects what is most mostly being uh, circulated, then we'll uh, then we'll do it. But uh, we we don't we don't change it every time a, a variation comes along. No. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a interesting interview. The website is truthreflection.com. Rich Mueller's been our guest. Uh, Rich, we're definitely going to have to um, chat with you again because you've got a very interesting website here. and uh, Keep us updated on everything. Thank you, James. Just remember, before you forward that email, check it out at com. <laughs> definitely. Well, Rich, have a good one, and I will stay in touch, my friend. Okay, God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar, so strip up those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com